Checking back in again. I'm Noah Lyons. I'm Henry Woods. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at underscore WRGO. Instagram it. at What's Really Going. YouTube. Subscribe on that. Yep. Be sure to subscribe, Leave comment, comment, like, tell your mother, tell everybody on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify SoundCloud, SoundCloud, all of that. All you know what I'm saying? Tune in, tune Google in. us. You know what I'm saying? You can do that too. Yeah. Uh, so we got a big episode coming up. We got yeah, it's gonna be a really got, Henry and I are actually gonna debate this episode. I think I definitely think so. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Uh, so now I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, get started with the food for thought. Uh, so y'all probably heard about this. Definitely heard about this. Zimmerman is suing um, Trayvon Martin's family. Um, the attorney prosecutor. He's suing several people. So the suit alleges that civil rights attorney Ben Crump uh, helped help to swap out a reluctant witness, Brittany Diamond Eugene, um, for her half-sister, Rachel Gentile, <coughs> helped prepare her to deliver a script intended to land Zimmerman in prison for killing Trayvon Martin on February 26, 2012. And that's so crazy to me because that's like my birthday. Yeah. And I vividly remember the moment that I found out. But um, so basically, Gentile allegedly posed as Trayvon's girlfriend uh, when it was Eugene who was dating Trayvon at the time, who was on the phone with him, mm-hmm. like when the incident happened or whatever. Um, and basically, they're saying like they swapped out the witnesses and Zimmerman is suing them for over $100 million. You're basically claiming um, that it was like an uncivil process and that right they defamed his character using a witness who right. quote unquote was not credible in what happened right um, i mean and this when you first put this in the chat my first reaction was like i got nothing to say why don't you like to Cause me, i mean it's it's what is he doing but just profiting off or attempting to profit off of something but that goes to like to me it's a deeper point of like excuse me i'm sorry um America, this man sold the gun, like auctioned off the gun he killed Trayvon with for like $250,000. And that's crazy that somebody wanted to purchase that gun. And the fact that he is now suing the family for something like- It is, and like, that just shows you how deep, I'm sorry to say racism is in in the country. I don't think he's gonna get a cent. I don't either, but it, the fact that he has the audacity to do it creates this mentality that I think is now becoming prevalent in the Trump era. But is this like like police brutality and how like racism is? It, it was always there, but like you see it more often. Like people are like now people are just shooting their shots. Yeah, it's like really, it's just so blatant now. Uh, and it's basically like you have the audacity to do this. And people are given the audacity to do, like, just try to boss right. up. I mean, for this, it's like, yeah. no, bro, we all human beings respect me. But at the end of the day, it's like you killed this person's son. That's what I'm saying. So, where's, I mean, where's the 
dignity and decency to just let it go. Have some respect. You didn't. You didn't go to jail. Like you was in jail for a few months, but you admit, like you didn't get acquitted for. Like you got acquitted for it. Like yeah. So I mean, you've let you, it go. You already beat the system, right? Like let it go. Like um, and it's, I, it's worth yeah. noting that his lawyer is a very prominent conservative uh, lawyer. Yeah, he, um, like judicial I was watch. reading up on that. He um, like he sued, sued Obama. Because yeah. he claimed that he shouldn't be on the ballot in Florida. Right, right, Because he wasn't a in citizen. 2012. So that shows kind of where Zimmerman is going with this. That's it's what I'm saying. It's clearly more of a, just a stunt than anything else. But, gotta, but the I guess it's not cool, but like Sabrina Fulton, which is Trayvon Moria, uh, contested the mayor of Miami Gardens for a seat uh, on the Miami Day Board of County Mission Commissioners, which is pretty cool. It is. We talked about this back in like May. Yeah. Um, so, like anybody in Florida listening, you know what I'm saying, in that county can vote for her, you know what I'm saying, show her some love because right now they're kind of going through it. Yeah. So. You want to hit them with the video? Yeah, we're going to hit you all with this video, and then we're going to talk about what happened today on this uh, Thursday, December 5th. Yesterday, the Judiciary Committee, at the Judiciary Committee, the American people heard testimony from leading American constitutional scholars who eliminated without a doubt that the president's actions are a profound violation of the public trust. The president's acts that seriously violated the Constitution, especially when he says and acts upon the belief, Article 2 says that I can do whatever I want. No, his wrongdoing strikes at the very heart of our Constitution, a separation of powers, three co-equal branches, each a check and balance on the other, a republic, if we can keep it, said Benjamin Franklin. Our democracy is what is at stake. The president leaves us no choice but to act because he is trying to corrupt once again the election for his own benefit. Yesterday, the Judiciary Committee, at the Judiciary Committee, the American people heard testimony from leading. Lord, I'm playing the gig twice. Yeah. So that was um, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. So today, being Thursday, December 5th, uh, she basically a press conference that said that she was instructing the committee chairs and the intelligence and the judiciary committee to draw up articles of impeachment. Um, House leaders have signaled that they hope to wrap this up before the Congress leaves in December, which means that in 2020, the Senate would then basically have the trial. Um, this means a bunch of things that they're basically going to have. What I would probably guess is they're going to draft up the articles this week and they're going to have the official vote on them in committee early next week. And then it's going to either go to the floor two weeks from now or later next week. So this is a pretty big step in that Pelosi just said, like, we're going through with this. The committees are going to draft their articles. They're going to vote on it and then gavel in. We're going to have this damn vote. So it's a, it's a big step in terms of where we're going with this and right. where and when in the timeline of this, because we all know that the House is going to impeach him. That's clear right but they're trying to be smart and say before we go away for the holidays we want all these senators to go back and potentially get blowback for it and then have to come back here and take a hard vote that's real i mean that's very strategic if it goes like that which i hope it does it will be cool you know i've been like kind of 
not keeping my ears tuning out to it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, tuning out because you know that thing's gonna happen. It's gonna go to the city and it's gonna say no, right? And like, yeah. So, I mean, it's cool that they're taking action and telling him he can't do whatever he wants. It'll be interesting to see how like this plays out if he doesn't get impeached and he's allowed to continue running for like president or whatever. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because like, what does what like how are the American people gonna react to this? Like you were just about to get impeached and then like now you're asking for me to vote for you for right. say another four years, right? And I think it was interesting because on Monday they had these um, these constitutional lawyers come and testify Mm -hmm. and one of them was basically like okay we're gonna all of us are gonna explain like the origins of impeachment and what the framers meant and then he basically like if you all don't impeach him for this then nothing is impeachable like if you don't impeach him for trying to investigate a political appointee not only that but using it through holding up foreign aid that was appropriated by a separate branch because that's what this it also gets down to it's that Trump not only tried to get a foreign country to intervene with a political rival of the president, they he also did throw, did that through holding up aid that Congress had given to Ukraine. Right. So he's basically the stopgap and say, oh, no, wait, Congress was going to give you this, but I'm not until you do this. Right. So he was basically saying that that's a violation of multiple acts in terms of bribery, but also not appropriating the money that Congress had set out. Right. So to me, that's going to be the interesting part. Um, question for you. Do you think that um, because you feel like the Senate is not going to actually like go through with their step in the process and they're going to vote no, does that kind of make you feel like it's all kind of irrelevant or just kind of... Just it's just not irrelevant because like you just, like how you just explained that, uh, it opened my mind up to the fact of like if they don't impeach him, that like the first question... When he became president, like, what does the presidency mean? So yeah. if they don't impeach him, that yeah, question... Right. He can do anything. For right. Yeah. Not even him. Anybody. Anybody. Yeah. So, like, what does... President 20 years His successor right, come yeah. in and do? Yeah. And the person... Like, because America is in a bad state right now. Right. So, like, if he's allowed to do this... 50 years down the line. Right. They're the going line. to point to him. And as be like, he did this and he literally like, so. so I hope I'm not right about the Senate, but it's just like, Mitch, like, do it. he ain't going to do it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the interesting thing. I think that's the sad thing about it is that um, everyone is just, and granted, impeachment isn't uh it's not a legal question. It's not like, here's the letter of the law and they violated this. It's a political question of like, did the president violate their oath of office? Did they do something so egregious that they don't deserve? It's not like a, it, legally he committed bribery and we have like, now we're going to prosecute him in court. Like, no, it's not that. It's just like, can he still hold his job? Right. And that's a different question. It is. Which, which is annoying because it's clear. That's what day. I'm saying. It's annoying because we feel this type of way mm. and that's where it would be cool to have like a person that supports trump come in and speak on how they feel about this issue because i would 
honestly want to hear how they feel because like you just said it's a political question right and with it being a political question if i genuinely support this man views you're gonna try to be like, well, you know, it didn't, how they've it didn't, been it acting, didn't how they've been acting, right? Which is nobody crazy. like what Republican has outright like spoke against him. None, none in Congress. Only Congress has said anything. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, if they're not saying anything, that just gives me the idea that they don't really care. Well, they're just gonna. I think, or if they are, they're saying, just gonna go to bat for him. Right, we'll take the hit. Right, we're say, just gonna take the hit and keep it pushing. So watch out for that. We're going to, we're going to give you all impeachment updates, but that was something uh, that we definitely wanted to give you all an update on. Um, the next thing I found this morning, um, we last episode, we gave you all an update on uh, Ayanna Presley. She's a member, new member from Massachusetts in the Boston area. She introduced uh, the bill that Henry and I were praising, that resolution that basically said we're going to try to correct everything about criminal justice in this like 30-page resolution. Um, she's set to introduce um, legislation to tackle the problem of uh, black women in schools, largely with regard to like um, them being disciplined and punitive justice in the schools. So she's putting out the Ending uh, Push Out Act, which aims to stop discriminatory punishment practices that criminalize black and brown students, push them out of school, and exacerbate the school to prison pipeline. So this is the first bill to come out of that resolution that she did. It also um, appropriates two point five billion dollars to schools. But like the uh, go ahead. No, nah, it does. It gives money for schools in terms of um, it helps teachers get counseling. It puts more social um, like social aid workers in schools. It gives schools more resources to be able to accurately handle the problems that their students have in the modern day. So I just think that's good because it's not just like. Here's what we want to do. It's like, no, here's like the, here, we want to put money toward this. We right. want to put a plan in place. Right. And then not just put money toward it. The thing that I love when like you put it in the group chat and I read up on it, it was basically saying like the schools literally have to restructure how they discipline mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. Um, from the grade they can get expelled to, to like literally taking uh, like physical or any type of punitive discipline out of their like mm. system. Uh, it's a whole, like it's a it's whole lot detailed. of requirements. Uh, so that's what was cool about it because it wasn't just saying, Hey, we're going to put money to this issue and let you guys figure it right. out. Like we we're trying to change detailed the system. plan as to what you need to do. So this issue could be changed. And that's what I was like, she is on yeah, it. She's, she's like, going hard. I, the squad, they been make they make moves, yeah. Uh, and that's what I like about them. And hopefully, that's what we. Hopefully, like that's a glimpse. That's like a small little glimpse of hope because it's like when we voted last year for Congress, mm-hmm. it was it was a good turnout for diversity and diversity yeah. and women and people like her, the right? And pro- young progressives, mm-hmm. and if. Politics is moving like that. I'm that's all good, for that's a good sign. But this, it, it, the shit was just the stuff we were just talking about. Yeah, is like that scared. So it's like it's, it's give and take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds like it's giving you hope though. Right, and that's why. So again, vote on local, state, president, mm-hmm. like every single. Because she was a city councilwoman before. Right, she got the right, right. That's um, big. So you never so, know where they can come from. Right. But like you said, I think that's big because I think she's not, like we talked about last episode, she's just not saying like, 
I look to tackle this issue and we're going to try to like, she's not just giving lip service to it. She's like, yo, I'm actually like doing it. She's putting work. I'm putting stuff on the record. Like if y'all don't want to vote for it, that's That's on on y'all. But I am here to do my job. I'm here to do this. Like that, you love it. You love to see. That's when, that's, this is how you get young, not even just black, but young when people are no longer giving lip service young, to I, what am I, What's the word I'm looking for? Young, young minorities. I don't even want to say minorities because I hate that word. But like, black and brown people. Yeah, black and brown people. <laughs> yeah, us. This is how you get our attention by like directly putting policies and legislation in place that speak to us and what we go through and the struggles and what we've like, experienced. Right. That's a, that's a real tangible thing. Literally, you can do it. And the fact that she, this is, she been in there how long? Not even two years. That's what I'm saying. Well, not even a year. Not even. A That's year. what I'm saying. And she pushes She's got like stuff that. I just want to see what's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Somebody take so, a vote. Somebody take a vote on that. So it's it's yeah. I'm I, that makes me excited about politics. But yeah. and I and I no. What were you gonna say? No, but the, the, I'm just gonna say the same thing. Uh, the, the other stuff is just like, bro, I because. Like, like it goes back to the Trayvon Martin situation. It's like what? It's been little small stuff done about police brutality, but it's like nothing explicit on a federal level mm-hmm. has been done to address the issue, and that scares me. Because like as a black man, I, I've never been put up by the cops. I thank God. I think right. Not call everything. I thank God. I've never had a bad. I had two bad altercations. One was not my fault and one was my fault and I apologize and I thank God that it didn't go wrong. We don't incriminate ourselves. Right. But um whatever, I'm gonna own up to my shit. <laughs> but uh for real, what I'm saying is like it's been nothing done on the federal level and the fact that we have like kind of this old but new Congress right now. Yeah, it's changing. Right. Changing. So this little bit gives me hope that eventually something like when more people like her, her get elected and get up. Right. It's give me hope that something is gonna get done. Yeah. So, and I think this segues to our next topic. The big fact is right. that big facts. most likely when you elect black women. They're going to go to bat for the things that you care, care about. Oh my! This that guy gets us to the big fact. So uh, I'm gonna let no, right. I'm gonna let Henry. Henry, you got a video for me? Yeah, I'm Henry did this doc and all. He killed it. All right, we'll get, we'll I'm gonna do the video and then. Uh, you know, yeah. I hope a commercial don't come. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I did not. Uh, this message was brought to you by Sonic. <laughs>
for what this campaign has been about. Justice for the people, all the people. Our campaign has been about fighting for people whose voices have not been heard or are too often ignored. And we will keep up that fight. Although I am no longer running for president, I will do everything in my power to defeat Donald Trump and fight for the future of our country and the best of who we are. All right, so that was uh, U.S. Senator Kamala Harris and former presidential candidate on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Yesterday? Or was it Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. This week, yeah. uh, she officially announced that her that she was going to drop out of the race, um, largely due what would then come out would be kind of some finan- not financial issues, but she was struggling. That's literally the reason. And I was talking to somebody about that today. And that's why if y'all can't go to NPR... And read this article is entitled Kamala Drops Out the Race, Raising Concerns About Race and Power. Um, she was literally, she was the only candidate to, like, non-white candidate to qualify for the election. For the, for, for the not December election, debate. The December 19th December debate. debate. Yeah. And the fact that she's been, uh, and I want to say this quote, voters of, uh, and, well, no, nah, I'm going to talk and say that because, yeah. So, like, the fact that she was not uh, able to compete because of funding lets you know that billionaires are literally taking over this um, election. I'm all over the place right now. I mean, I think it's I think it's going to finish. Because it's like you got Tom Sterner. That's a Steyer. Steyer, whatever. That guy, he's still in the race wing. Like, one, what political experience do you have? He is the, like, in my head, I was like, this is probably, like, the best candidate that can go up against Donald Trump. But, like, on a, like, argumentative, like, fact, like, he's, Kamala would have ate him up in the debate. Tom, no. Joe, no. Warren, no. Bernie, no. None of them. And I wasn't, I'm not saying, oh, Kamala had my vote. But I'm saying she was a strong candidate and the fact that she's out because of financial issues, people weren't financially like funding her campaign and she was she was for she didn't have PACs or none of that. No, she was doing all sorts of individual contributions. I don't think she was doing fundraising. Not not she was doing big big money fundraisers, but um I think it gets to multiple things. I think to to continue on your point, I think what you're saying is important because if she would have continued her campaign, it was basically reported a day later that she would have had to take on personal debt, which then gets into, okay, Michael Bloomberg's running and he's not, he hasn't qualified for the first four states. And he's not, he can't be on a debate stage because to get on the debates, you have to raise a certain amount of, you have to raise a certain amount of individual contributions from like 250,000 people from like 40, 20, at least 20 states. Right. He's not taking individual contributions, so he cannot qualify for a single debate. He's in it because he has the money. Tom Steyer is in this because he has the money to spend a lot on ads to then get people to contribute to his campaign. Um, John Delaney is still in the race, not even polling in most cases because he has a large personal fortune. So I think that's the conversation that I think the DNC needs to have in terms of Kamala Harris getting out of the race. That goes on, to a, the on a different level. Thing. That's fine. That goes to the next thing because but, they're not changing the rules. Right. So I think like separate of Kamala dropping out, the system is basically saying if you're personally wealthy, 
come on, come on in, come on right, in. Right, like right, you, you right. can, you don't need the, you don't need to do everything by the book to get on this debate stage. Exactly. And I think that's a problem that as Democrats say they want to get money out of politics. That's a problem where she's dropping out and billionaires are still in. But I think, and I think this is where we're going to get to her candidacy and kind of the people's general reaction to her. I think I would be lying if I said that her campaign was effectively run. I would be lying. I would say that's what I'm saying. It was like because I, I was talking to somebody about this too. I agreed that like it was it wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the best. No. It wasn't the best campaign that you, you've seen, but it wasn't terrible. It was just like she could have done more. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll say she this. She definitely could have done more. She was at one point a front runner. And that's what makes me question it, though. She was a front runner. So, what made her like just. I think it's a bunch of things. I think. I think one, I'd be. I wouldn't be telling the truth if I said she's a black woman running for not only a statewide office, but for national office. Right. Black people in general rarely win. We're rarely governors. We're rarely senators. We're rarely attorney generals. We're rarely state treasurers. So for us to be president, that's, that's you, and you need a generational candidate like Barack Obama, a once in a generation type of figure. To that's the sad thing. And I think that for Kamala Harris to be black and a woman, that's a different type that's of a double negative. And I think that she had a rough go with the media in some cases, but sometimes she didn't. I think that, like I said, her campaign, I don't think was the best run. And I think that we would be lying if we said that sometimes she can come across as inauthentic. And I think that, or she- In which ways though, because from the perspective that I was seeing from other people, it was like, she's trying to act black. And it's like- No, no, I'm not coming at it from that perspective. Because, that's what I'm saying. But, but that's another conversation that we need to get into after like this. I think that I think her campaign was struggling because they were trying to figure out what's the identity of her that we're going to run on. Like she's a very great public speaker. She's been killing Trump and his officials in all these debates. But a lot of this, re- a lot of running for president is who's the who's the person individual. She didn't like person. Who just craft and granted we're not his biggest fans, but I we have to say that he has crafted a brand. He's crafted identity. He's crafted this, whether we think it's bullshit or not. It is bullshit. What are you, but innocent little white boy who's gay? He said it, not me, but yes. But I think that... That's literally the strength no, of his but, brand. Yes, but I think what's the strength of Kamala's brand? Because she doesn't often come... And that's what it's getting, because people are going to... And you can't even say angry black woman. It's like no, this. No, it's not. Because I see some BS on Twitter. It was like... She just wasn't the one. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because she she she's one of the most qualified candidates. I'll say this. I think she suffers from the same thing that and granted these are two totally different figures, but I think she suffers from a lot of what Hillary Clinton suffered, where you're a very professional, smart, right, detailed right, woman, right. and you're saying all the personal stuff I don't not to say that she doesn't care, but that's not her strong suit. Bernie is really good at running for president. Would, but I think, would Kamala be a better president? Is she better suited? Would Hillary Clinton be better suited than Bernie Sanders? Yes, but Bernie Sanders is better at running for it because it takes different stuff. It's I get what you're it's saying. Vanity, it's I ego, get what it's you're going saying. on the trail, shaking the hand. It Kamala wasn't Harris like a like, real personality. I get what you're saying. 
I'm like, a former and, attorney general. I'm a lawyer. Right. She. I I'm, got I'm in she, the weeds right, with right. this stuff. And, and I, I think get that, that. that, that hurts I her. get that. It does. And it's, I can it's see that. I see why you say that. I see why you say that. I see why you say that. It's just like. Which is sad. It just hurts. It way. just hurt to see it. And the other point of like we going in at it is like. Um, so a quote directly from the NPR article. Voters of color are supporting, you know, white male straight older candidates. Uh, said Nira Tandon, president of the Center for American Progress, a liberal think tank. I think a lot of voters of color feel particularly targeted by Trump and feel that white candidates may be safer to take him off. I and just, I personally I just, agree. I, I personally I just, agree. I do not. I do not Why? I don't agree with that. You don't agree with it? I don't agree with that. Why not? I don't think it's that white candidates might be safer. I think it's. Are we talking about for us specifically as black people? No, I'm or saying like, like okay, oh, this, this is how color. I took it. I'm, I'm, I don't classify myself as a voter of color. I'm a black voter. I will say for specifically for us, we're most of us are with Biden, and I'm not counting myself. I'm saying most black people who are voting and who are in polls are saying, I'm going to support Biden. Right. The next group is either Sanders or you're undecided. So I think that it's not that we, it's not that those people feel that oh, it's because we feel like a white candidate is better than the two black people. It's like, no, a lot of it is just going with familiarity. They're not plugged into all of the specifics of the candidates. I fail to believe that black people who are supporting Biden are just like, we need a white candidate to beat Trump. I refuse to believe Listen, listen, not necessarily that, like, that mindset of, it's just like the fact of... I just think that's bad on their attendance to say that. Because <laughs> I don't agree. I don't agree. I I agree in the sense that she's like like you said the familiarity of Biden and Sanders is like they feel safer with them because they're national names and most people they feel like it's a be- they have a better chance of being Trump even if, like take the whole being scared a of po- Trump thing of out of it. Part of politics is you go with. Right, most, most, right. most Republicans in 2016. Right, so if you put that on top of the tr- fact that Trump is in office and people are literally thinking about this, it's like, okay, I'm gonna go with a familiar face yeah. because they have a higher chance of winning. That's like, so that's how I took it. I'm like, okay, I can agree with that. I don't think that has anything to do with it being white, though. <laughs> I think that's where near attendance. I mean, yeah, that's where she screws up. It, it's like, I to be honest, could, it's like a, like a, uh, it's like condition for real like it's like a you know it's a thing that you just don't it's like uh, uh, you know what I'm trying to say but are you saying you're it's in your subconscious it's like you subconsciously think about it like it's subconscious you subconsciously do it you know like that's like we're subconsciously trained to think that white is better if she would have said that quote to me I would have been like, okay, scratch out the word white and go with familiar. Okay, because that's cool. It's worded better. That's worded better. But to be honest, it's worded better. I think it's truth. That Neertain is basically saying that okay, voters of color and off and plus as a minority, I think you should use the term voter of color. Like you're okay. How you know she? That's Neertain. I've seen her face. Oh. Um, No, basically, what I'm saying is that. I just think she's making a bad assumption in that, like, oh, we need to go with, like, okay, who are we going to go for? Oh, we're going to go, all right, we're just going to go for the white guy. Like, what? I, it is, 
That's you're saying it like a panic. I don't think she was saying it like that. I'm not saying it like a panic, but I think she is confusing familiarity and people not being as plugged in yet to just saying like, okay, we're just going to support the white person. I think that's two totally different. Okay, it's not. We just disagree. But I I just think when I read that, and I'm not going at you, I'm going at her. Oh, I I don't care. I'm just saying like, I don't think she was saying it like that. I more so think she was saying like, like you. It's in a way, it's the same thing you're it's like saying. It's, it's cloaked in the electability. Right. And who's more electable historically. What we That's literally what it is. And like like you just subconsciously, like you know when you just do something. Yeah. And you don't really know but you're conditioned to do so. Right. I just, she can do better. Okay, whatever. Lazy. Um, <laughs> so the next topic. No, um, one thing I think we, oh, need, one thing I think we need to hit on in this is um, the black kind of Twitter world, not Twitter world, but like the our <laughs> response, but also treatment of Kamala kind of in the moment during her candidacy. I ain't want to tell that. That's true. But I think it's valuable, though. I think that's a valuable thing to talk about because, like you said, Booker has not qualified for that debate yet, mm-hmm. and I think that not to say like that as black people, we should just automatically support the black candidate. But I think, like I said, with yeah, I'm gonna Berkeley, get, when I get paid, I'm going to go give my $20 or something. Because, you like... Give, you should give $1. That's enough. That's a <laughs> contribution. But I think that... I, mean, I just I think just it's kind of guilty because it's not guilty, but I feel like... Like, where's the diversity? Dem- like, this kind of what the article says is, like... Democrats want to like claim we're diverse, we're for the people, and blah blah blah. But like when you look at the historic, like historical, like facts of Democrats, it's like white, and that's not like that. Like, yeah, I was mainly going at it from I think that the black political Twitter progressive world took aim at Kamala in a way that they gave no other candidate. That's a fact, and I too. think that that. The way social media can impact politics, I think, was through this, where I don't think her candidacy fell apart because she was getting taken to task on Twitter and among people in our generation. But I do think that has impacts. I think that has a great impact because because I think everyone was saying just as we're on social media (laughs) laughing about this, you don't think that stuff get back to our parents? No, I mean I think that, or not even I just think yeah, and I think that's just. Like is we need to we need social to media rules kind of like a lot yeah like yeah. that's a main tool of that's marketing like everything social media now is digital so when you think about it if she had a big negative backlash it was like yeah like if you look through her comments when she was running people would be like just taking her down or just inserting pictures of her arresting a girl as a cop or just like, taking her down and like the memes. They were bad. They were terrible. And once one of those go viral, it sticks. And I, I just think that's a conversation of that. And we've we've gone over this like fifteen times. But like she did good stuff, she did bad stuff. But if we're gonna take aim at her like that, where's that same energy for everybody? Everybody, everybody uh, can't call her. Clovisar. She was a prosecutor. Too. That's what I'm saying. And nobody has said anything about her. And I'm pretty sure she was blocking that way more than Kamala was. But I think that's. That's what I'm saying. If we're gonna, if we're going to go down this route, now that she's out, 
We need Teddy. Like I said on Twitter, now if she was literally like, if you want to talk about like presidential candidates, not like she was one of the best candidates. So for her to say, I can't do this anymore. A lot of these mayor by Amy by the only people need to be in that thing right now is Warren, Biden, Sanders, and maybe that Tom guy. I don't even think that. No, I think he can go too, but that's perfect. I only said I say that because we just had a conversation about how yeah. he's a millionaire, and that's the only reason. Why. That's what I'm saying. Like he, it, the money power he can be, he up there with Trump. Like he can handle it. But as far as the politicking, no. I just think that. That serves a, or, and what I think this also pivots into the next thing is that if we're going to critique, we got to keep that same, same energy across. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, so Henry and I did something yesterday. So this is also the second big fact, and Henry and I might get in a fist fight over this. Um, no, we're not. We like each other. On this podcast. Whatever. Um, so, so Henry and I saw Queen and Slim yesterday. Yeah. We have many thoughts. Um, where you want to? This is a Queen and Slim review. This is there will be spoilers in this. So if you have not seen the movie yet, you probably you. still want to listen. You probably go still see the should. Movie. But if you don't, I'm gonna go see spoiled. it again. But um, right, so the premise of the movie is two main, the two main characters played by Jody. Are we really doing this? Where we're yeah, like, the premise. Yeah, hell if you okay. Jody Turner Smith and Daniel Kula. Uh, run, uh, they run after shooting a white cop in self defense. While uh, while they run for their lives, they 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 fall in love. So Lena Wave refers to the film as a protest art for the black experience. You want to stop there? <sighs> let's see. So like it was the movie itself. Let, yeah, because let's I, give our opinions and then I'll break that stuff down. So like. The movie itself, I was, it was a good movie. It's going to go down as a classic just because, like. A classic? It's going to go down as a black classic just because okay, of the I story. Want, I, want, I want to make that. Just because I want, of the I story. I want to make that. Not, not on merits, but I want just, to make that. Just because of the story. Okay. And I definitely think it could have been better. I'm not saying it could have. It wasn't too cohesive to me. I think it could have been able to. Not a lot. Like yes. if they would have like yes. just edited the film better, that's took a out a few thing. scenes. That's a big thing. That would have been a great ass. Like oh my god, I need it. Okay, it didn't give me like a. What was the oh my god moment? It okay. I didn't Wait, get like a I, oh my talking? god moment, but it was like it was just a good movie to watch. Like I enjoyed watching the movie. The movie kept me entertained, but I feel like there's another version of this film. That's so much better and that's so much more cohesive. Because I think who No, I'm saying like You're saying it could be done? Or are you saying it's if you said we're gonna start off with this event, these two people in a these two people who kill a cop, self-defense, go from there, I feel like there's just the film had a lot more potential than what ended up to me than what was displayed. I think that and then a lot of the quotes that she gave in terms of its protest art, there are just a lot of flaws in the movie that I couldn't get over. And I thought about it and I was like, okay, the movie is 
when I thought about it and read more reviews and woke up this morning, I was like, the movie has flaws that I just cannot ignore. <laughs> so you're really irritated. I'm not All irritated, right. but I just think that I can't give the film credit for just cinema. Like watching it is beautiful. The way they shot black people, the way they had some of the scenes was great. If that's my biggest compliment about the film is that the way they shot uh, the context, I, I can agree. The context because was the story, the story is underdeveloped, and it made me have more questions about the film as it goes along to where you get to the ending, and you're just like you're trying to give me all of these messages. Like what I told someone last night was that Lena Waithe threw in a bunch of stuff in a pot, and the plate looks really good, but when you actually eat it, you you figure out it's not gumbo. And okay, I can agree with you on that in the sense that like it but wasn't it looked, what it I was, good from it wasn't what I expected it to like be. Like it's a hollow ass. That's ass. what I'm saying. It's hollow as hell. It's just like Wait, is that a problem? <sighs> no, because if you want to talk about social media and the power of social media, people were just complaining about us not having movies like this. Why can't it just be a movie? Why I gotta be all this deep underlying bullshit? Because and Lena Waithe is trying to make it. No, that no, that's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. But then when the writer comes out and proclaims it this, this, and this, that's what makes it a problem. Because she should have just put it out and let it be what it be. So you're telling me not. To, so you're telling me to just ignore what she's saying. About no, her. I'm not saying ignore. Well, she has has weight on it. Like her vision wasn't all the way painted. And I said that last night, and I said why I understood it last night. Like, I used to write like how that movie was. The main idea was there, but the underlying context, the paragraphs, like the supporting facts and all of it, it wasn't there. That you might have understood, the, you don't understand the conclusion of it. Like, you knew what it was supposed to be, you knew how it was supposed to go, how, but it just didn't read flawlessly. It had some punctuation errors. It a was a lot of punctuation <laughs> errors. It had punctuation errors. It had transition issues. It was some the transition issues. Match. The intro was not there. The thesis was the best. Okay, part. let's talk about the intro. The intro threw me off because the um Jody or whoever played the girl, she um the beginning and the end set the film up terribly. No, the like the was, ending was almost beautiful. You walk into the film and then. Ten minutes later, you're like, okay, they're on a first date. So that's what I say. The, they, the movie would have been so much better if they would have already had an established relationship. That's what because I was you, gonna you say. That's it, what I was because gonna say because Lena Waithe tries to portray this film about black love with these people who just met. That, right. So it makes no sense. That part. That part. And wait, I'm gonna talk to you about what I said. Let okay. Yes, too. please. But like that part and the fact that like. Like how the girl, like she came on very strong and like they were just very comfortable with each other when the movie first started. I would say Even, they weren't. They, to me. It was all, no. They, like, it, what it was what, what, what I'm saying, like it was supposed to be a bad first date, but they got along. If it was, you know what I'm saying? Like you could tell they was going to fall in love how they was. No, in they her, it was no, like she was playing hard to get no, to me. To me, she was like. Like how she said, why did she when when he asked why did you go out with me and I feel sad for you? It was kind of that. It was like 
she, it was this whole hard to get like it's something about him type of thing. That's me that, looking into something I can't see. Yeah, I've been looking into the whole movie because when she got shot and you was like, I don't understand this the first day. Why would you go with him this first day? I think I think because she's an attorney and the fact that the what happened, I don't want to tell the whole damn movie, but the fact that she had some problems that day with a case and um but it's like, what does that lead to? Now you're in love no, with this dude two days later? It wasn't an instant love. The fact that they were going through all that trauma, the fact that she was already experiencing some, you got to think about the backstory of it, like the trauma from how she became an attorney and then what she was dealing with as an attorney. And then that happened. She kind of like maybe had a, um, what is that? I think that's uh, like a uh oh, I can't think whatever she, like a fucking moment. Thing, what are you, trying to uh, uh, you know, deja vu. It probably was like deja vu to her. When all it was just like she knew what was gonna happen with him. She didn't want it to happen, so we need to get the fuck out of here. That's how I seen it. She was like empathetic to him. I, it just I don't know. I think I just was, think that's one of the flaws of the movie where it's like. It starts off where you're like, okay, they're on a first date. Okay, wait, what the hell? Like, start to finish, and then you want to talk about the ending? Because there were three parts of the movie. I want to get into, like, okay, since we were just oh, Wait, no, about- wait, okay. We started at the beginning, riot scene. We have to talk about that. All of this about to talk about that. Okay, please. So, like, spo- these are real spoilers. So, like, the beginning of the journey, uh, Wade and Matos, because I don't know. That's the director who directed Lemonade. Right. I, I'm not, or no, Formation, I'm sorry. I'm not good with her name. Uh, specifically chose Cleveland for the characters beginning their journey because one of the last stops on the Underground Railroad in the 1800s, right before the slaves escaped to Canada. And then Tamir Rice, uh, that situation happened there. And then, like, in the movie, they... They name drop they, a lot. Right, they mentioned the Shakur. fact... They do all... They, they name drop everybody. Right, they, the fact that, um, like, the death penalty is still there, they wanted to, like... It was like you said. It was a little like overthought, but Keep it wasn't going. all the way portrayed there. Keep going. Um, so that's one of the things that they wanted to like emphasize in the movie. And then the riot scene. This gonna be taken out. But okay, so during a protest in support of Queen and Slim, a young black boy that the couple had just met like hours before shoots the police in the face. It's a scene that leaves you asking why. Of course, my. Toscus uh, had an explanation bringing it back to the unrest black communities have with police. On the hand in hand, we see a young man who's caught up with wanting to have his voice heard, but whose passions caused him to take a terrible left turn. And I literally, like, you can see it portrayed in his face. Like, he did he not. Yeah. Right. He It was wrong. I just didn't understand why the scene was in there. Like, if it how it was you also that. have to I didn't understand. Add, add in the context of what this there you're not just focused on that scene that's what I'm saying I don't understand how it was in there like I don't understand why they put that scene with the other scene that that was happening at the same time it was just like I'll say this that's not cool that's not good I don't know why the scene they could have had a version of that scene where it's just a boy at the riot and he's rioting and that's it he him, didn't have to do all that. Him killing the cop, yet alone a black cop, which I feel like, and this is where I think I a lot of my frustrations in the movie is, is that like Lena Waithe and Ustak, like every time they talk about the film, they're talking about how this little thing that they did meant a lot. So like clearly you're saying 
this boy shooting a black police officer. That's clearly something to you because you put it in, in the film. It go, like, and then you're you putting go, it in. Like, with, I got all of these uh, spoilers from OprahMag.com. So, like, when you go, if you have time to go, like, read it, it. They like they are kind of like trying to overemphasize some of this stuff, and it's not all the way there. Cause like even like when the black cops find him or whatever, at first it was just supposed to be a regular cop. Then it was like, okay, let's put a black cop. Then it was like Langston, Langston Hughes, and it was just all these other subcontents. And like it wasn't that deep. I like the moment that happened. It was like okay, that was a good. Scene. That was like a that was the oh my god moment in the movie. That was a good scene. But um, it's stuff like that to where it's like, I seen the idea that was supposed to happen, but it wasn't all the way there. Actually, I think they could have better, if they would have edited the movie better. That To me, that scene is inexplainable. The where, riot scene? The riot scene. Like, no you could have took that out. Coupled along. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm getting uh, I'm sorry. Getting in here, ain't it? That coupled along with Kayua and... Um, Joey Turner Smith having sex, so it's like a climax in relationship to a boy shooting a cop. What bad. are you doing? And it's a literal sense of like, okay, this is how you know this was random because the boy shoots the cop. You don't find out what happens to the boy. It's assumed, and then they just wash it. They talk to the to the white couple, and that's it. So you're like, okay. What's the purpose? That's what I'm what saying. Was the, that's what, what was the purpose of it? To then that's what I'm saying. If they would have like, it, this was the rough draft. That was a rough draft of a paper. And that's not good. I'm not saying it was good, but this was her first movie. I don't know if it was Matoska's first was, movie. Or whatever. I don't really time. know who that is. It was, for her, real. it was her first time directing a film. Right. So, so it was. Bo- it was her. It was both of their first time. So for her first project. It wasn't terrible, and that's why, I, like this, 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 this what makes me get into the bigger question. But I want to do get into that. But like the bigger question of like why black people don't get funding because when bl- white people put out little stupid movies, the production do be good. It be, it be a little, you know what I'm saying. It might be a stupid movie, but it's like to me, this is not a production issue. N- what else? The whole production, when you have no complaints about the acting, the shots, the editing, the whole production of it was good. The directing of it was good. I have issues with mainly the screenplay. <laughs> but no, I just think it's a bad script. That's real. That's it's a real. not a good, like, That's real. I think Slim, Daniel Kaiwood does great. I think Jody's uncle does really well. Actors. I think they do really well. I felt like Jody had moments where you're like, I don't really get what you're doing. I don't. I didn't understand her motivations at all in the film. That no, I can't say that I when it when it was explained how her mom and all of this that the, made me kind of understand her personality. Like they unwrap, they unveiled that very poorly. I feel like where they tried to make it seem like there's all this backstory, like the way they just un. That's why I said. They're on a first date, so like the way they're undoing all of this stuff would have just been if they would have been known. If they would have known each other already, it would have been a better movie. It would have been smoother. It would have been a way better movie. And like yeah, the script or whatever. Okay, to me that's a problem. That's a problem. 
because like as the movie is unfold, but that's what I was, that was my point of like it makes you think why black movies don't get like money put behind them is because are you I don't want to say this about my baby, but like are you gonna do the job well like because it wasn't a bad product project. To me, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad project. It just could have been. This is better. no different. This is no different. I don't even think this is just like a black issue. White, white films have bad scripts too. This is a movie with not a with a, with a script that's lacking a lot. That's white right. films have the same. Was, this is not. See, like I'm just doing a black what they was issue. doing. I'm trying to yeah. make it bigger. Than- this is not just a black issue. I think it's just. A- <laughs> that's literally what they did. They just need to no, shut up talking about it and let the movie be. No, like if they no, stop talking I about it. With that, though. What. This is why, and I think there was a black critic who was basically <laughs> writing about this, where she's like, okay, I'm pointing out that the script is has major holes and has major flaws that then can set the movie and push it back. Like, it's aesthetically beautiful, but it's hollow. And if I'm pointing that out, that's not me trying to make a general point about black cinema. That's just me pointing out that this film that happens to have black people, it like, don't but that's that's how like, that's what I was doing, and that's how most right. are gonna Which do. We shouldn't. It's we just... shouldn't. Okay, so humble me real quick. We shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't do that. However, it's hard not to do that because when we look at ourselves and what we put out into the world, especially when we're a representing protest art and the black experience, and it's supposed to mean all these things, you have to be careful about how you put these things out because we're what, not the only people seeing this. But that's what got, to me, as a black person seeing this, that's what's getting me in the way from all this trouble is because she's labeling the film as so much and when you watch it, you're like, it's, it's not, not that. That's what I'm saying. They should just put the movie out and shut up. If she wasn't doing all these interviews and going to magazines, giving full school, no, I think she can do that. But I think, to but she's met, like to, to make it like it's about to say protests on a black experience and all of these sub contexts of what it's supposed to mean. And all this. No, shut up. Just, I made the movie because I felt in my heart that, you know, and then it wasn't even her original idea. Somebody else came with her. No, it was it was, it was her and another. Person. Yeah, somebody came to her with the idea. And was like, I can't write the script, so shoot. But like, the person shit. who also wrote it had some legal issues. His name is, I think, Jordan Frey. You all should Google. Yeah, sure. like some other stuff. But I think to me, it's not a thing of like just shut up. I think you have you have to be public about your film, talk about it. But I think that. When you say no, but when you you open yourself up to that criticism, which black critics have pointed out, and then when the black critic points out something that you tee up for them and say, "Hey, this film is about this," and they're like, "Well, you did that very poorly," I'm not going to frown on the black critic for saying, "Oh, I don't think that's wrong." Like, I'm not. But that's. But I think that's the response of when people are saying like the film is lacking. People are then saying like. Oh well, okay. Well, now all black films got, and it's like, oh no, no, no. don't you can't. Okay, I was you doing that. Yeah, I you were doing that. Were I doing that. But like, that's where, that's, that's why, to me, it's it. Like when you go on Netflix or Hulu or these streaming services, yeah, most of the movies on Netflix are trash productions. It's a few good black movies. Great production, trash script. Trash actors. Trash script. Trash, trash, trash actors. Trash actors. Trash actors. Because the production. With a, with a good budget. Right. So it'd be like. What's the difference? It'd be. I get it. And, you and know that what should saying? be called out too. So what I'm saying is like the good black. Soul food 
just like soul playing fucking like Love Jones got in waist deep. Like I can name the wood, love and basketball, like the great productions that we all love aren't out there for us to stream and see. So like when you think about it in a whole like context and like the genre of black cinema is like, well, damn, most of it is trash because when I go look at it, it's trash. Yeah, I just think that there's nothing wrong with people being... I'm, and granted, if someone has a different opinion than me, that's cool. I'm not a big fan of the film, but I think that people who have a critique of it, it's not cloaked in the way of bringing down black cinema or saying that, oh... I don't people. think it should be that way, and I apologize. No, I'm just saying. Because I'm I was wrong. I was but wrong, though, because like, that's what I was doing. But we know I was basically trying to say... That because a critique on the film is a critique on black, yeah, black like film and black cinema. If you kind of speak better, it's like, damn, how you feel about the rest of it? So, like, you can't do that. And, like, I gotta like change my perspective. And I appreciate it. That's what this podcast is for. Like, mm-hmm. I appreciate the conversation because you cannot just say, just because this has been a bad film, maybe, maybe not, depending on your perspective, right. Then all black singers trash. Yeah, you can't throw you can't throw away the whole carton of ass. How about this? I'm giving y'all a free idea. Go create a black um, streaming service for black movies, and I think it's been done. The problem is licenses with the movies. Or I'll just say this: I think if I think Lena Waithe will get better because of this. I think no, I definitely think that it's her first. And I definitely think she will. We're we gonna talk about the ending real quick because I have a lot of thoughts. Well. I right, guess, yeah, go ahead. Make your point, though, because I think your point is important. Well, no, I was their names, because, um, like, as you pointed out, they made it a point not to, like, mention their names. Like, the characters don't say it to each other. Nobody, Queen and Slim nobody, never mentioned throughout the film. Or their actual names. Until the end. Right. So it was like, we didn't want to, le- they say, uh, we didn't want, we don't learn the pair's actual name to the end of the movie when the news of the, their deaths hit national broadcast. There, Ernst Hines and Angela Jones, the f- former's moniker, was dedicated to a noble 1960s Black Panther. Uh, we also wanted to speak to how Black bodies and Black lives are often more honor and depth than in life. The director says, and we don't want to get, we don't get to know who these people actually are until they're no longer with us. And I like that fact because that's kind of actually true for Black people. I get that in the abstract. I think it's very true. I think in terms of the film, thing if you're trying to make this a love film a love film cloaked in kind of this black experience they did a bad job of human of humanizing the characters to get to that point of love besides tragedy where like we don't know their names they're not talking to each other in their names they're figuring out each other in this very awkward choppy way which is expected because you just kill someone and you're trying to flee but if you're going to focus the film on black love and these two people conjoining you you didn't humanize them you didn't have them kind of have this vulnerable sense besides death if death is the thing that's joining them together and freedom and bondage is that love or is that just we're in some shit together but to be honest that's a lot of people's lives because of their circumstances they end up being in love, I can name a few right now. I probably can too. But <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I just think that's, and maybe that is the black experience. 
but I think it is it you hate to see it. It's like why I just does think our was, experience have to be chalked up to that? I just think that was a weird way of going about it. Because I think if and this is what I'm hearing from them before, I'm going into this thinking this is a story about love and it's a story about these two characters. And the tragedy brings them together in this weird sense of like death and legacy and you know, being a martyr and what am I going to be outside of myself? Am I like Queen says all the time, like, I just want to be like remembered for something. And Daniel Lua is just like, I just want to be in love. It's like this complicated, different thing where these two characters have these two different things going on. And I guess they meld it together. Right. Comes, because of it, their circumstances. No, their circumstances it just comes across as very choppy. And that has to it do It was a choppy movie. And that has movie. to do with the ending. I can say that. It was a choppy movie, but. We're going to spend two minutes on the ending real quick. What? Um, so, for a black person, is basically the reason why the whole thing falls apart. Dude. Oh, but they talk about that too. If you go to Open Mag, I should have put that in there. Um, Howard Condition, he thought about himself over the community and because of capitalism, like, how can I eat? How can I come up? He thought about himself. Doesn't, didn't that just feel forced, though? Compared to all the no, other stuff that the film is giving That you, was the that most, felt, to no, me, no, to me, okay, to me, okay, I mean, I, oh, actually, if they would have got away, it would have made it a better movie. Because how the movie was set up, it was made you to believe that it was that was gonna happen. But however, but it's like you if you it. think about what they were trying to portray, the black experience and protest started. It's all like the all-skin kinfolk thing, but like that's a weird pivot to go to in that in that in that crucial moment of an ending. To be like, oh well, just because we all black, that doesn't mean like but you're putting together all these other things where every other black character, and granted, like, the mechanic, he wasn't really for them, but he helped them. You're putting together all these moments where black people are unified in helping them get to freedom, and then you're like, well, skirt! Nope, this guy. But that's and it, I, That's how it would be, bro! That's I, lit, lit, they, cause like, they, how they started out the movie is the Cleveland Nassim one of the last stops on the Underground Railroad. She, um, Lenny House was like, basically, this was a reverse underground, uh, supposed to be a reverse underground railroad. Because if you think about it, they never got to freedom. And if that's all black people really want is fucking freedom. And it'd be our own fucking people that get us caught up and fucked up. What did Harry Tubman say? I could have freed a thousand more if they knew they were slaves. It'd be our own fucking, because we're I, conditioned. I just think that's a weird point to make in a film that's supposed to, I get it, it's supposed to be about the black experience and the black liberation thing, but then to hit on that point of a black person is the reason why this is all tumbling down after you're about to get killed for shooting a white police officer and this black kid shoots a black cop, that's to me is the choppy part where you're sending me in 15 different ways and then you're putting an end on it. I can agree with that. I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just saying like, I just you think about what you're trying to make. I just if think, you think about what they were trying to portray, that's how that shit would happen. And I don't know what they're trying to portray because they're trying to portray 15 different, different things. That could have been like 10 movies, not 10, but two. That could have been a that could have been a series. That could, you're right. I was I said that last night. That would have been better as a TV series than it was a movie. The shy extended. 
<laughs> not even because I'm not just start watching that. But like, you know what I mean? Like, they should have just made a TV series and made more money off of it because they could have been on the run for like two seasons at least. At least. So that's going to do it for us. This has been the longest episode we've had in a while. But I think this was a very good conversation. It was. It uh, was. Be sure to follow us again. Uh, Make sure you do that at Twitter. on got it underscore WRGO. Yes, Instagram sir. at What's Really Going on. Yes, and YouTube, What's Really Going On. Subscribe, comment, like, share yeah, it to mama. your brother, sister, yeah. cousin. Fuck, yeah. yeah. Uh, we on Apple Sound. Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So make or just go Google do, us. Go do. Peace. Peace.